if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing hard enough. Let me put it that way. You know, right? That's kind of like people ask about with hair. They say, you know, oh, what if you get a customer complaint? I'm like, if I don't get customers, some customer complaints, right? I'm not selling enough hair mm-hmm. because it's going to happen. doesn't matter how good it is. Different people have different expectations, but you have to know how to handle those expectations. You know, that's a part of business, right? So be ready for that. Be ready for someone. If you're a new entrepreneur, be ready for someone to not like your product. I don't care what your product is. Not everybody is going to like your product. That's just how it is. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join our community, and I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty. What I like to do is something called the Friends in Beauty Friday feature, where every Friday I spotlight a different friend in beauty and their accomplishments. So no matter how big or small you think it is, I want to shout you out. I want to send you some good vibes. So all you have to do is use the hashtag FIB Friday feature and tag friends and beauty on something that you have accomplished and I'll share it with the community. Additionally, the Friends of Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And whatever platform you are listening from, I just want to express my gratitude and just say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends of Beauty podcast. I really appreciate you so much. And I would appreciate it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever you have to do to let me know how you feel about the Friends of Beauty podcast would be greatly appreciated. Additionally, join the Friends of Beauty mailing list tribe. My mailing list tribe is the first to know about all things Friends of Beauty, and I send out different fun resources throughout the week. So if that's something that you're interested in, the link for that will be down in the show description as well. And last but not least, Share the Friends in Beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared. Share, share, share away to help me grow the Friends in Beauty community. Now, on this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, I welcome Mikey Moran to the Friends in Beauty guest chair. Mikey Moran is a serial entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Private Label Extensions, a hair extension and technology company helping entrepreneurs launch and manage their brands. Private Label Extensions is ranked number 278 of the Inc. 5000 and the number one fastest growing beauty business in the country by Cosmetic Business. Mikey has been featured on ABC, Fox, CBS, and CNBC, and also in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazines, among others. 
He is also the co-host of the podcast Hair Biz Radio and the founder of the influencer platform Beauty Clout. Mikey recently released his book, Fearless Beauty, to provide you with a roadmap to achieve success easier, faster, and more efficiently than you ever thought possible. He shows you how to think like an entrepreneur by introducing you to practical theories that should guide every decision, then presents a step-by-step plan for taking action and getting started. You'll learn core marketing techniques that yield the biggest impact, how to select the best web platform for your business, and why consistency or lack of it can make or break you. No matter your industry or where you are in the process of becoming an entrepreneur, you'll gain insightful strategies for maximizing returns and enjoying every step in the journey of your business. I had such an amazing time meeting and chatting with Mikey. He shared his backstory and how he got into the hair business because, you know, your girl was curious and he dropped so many gems when it comes to marketing, hiring and maintaining a solid team, what you should be focusing on as a new entrepreneur, real expectations for running a business and so much more. He was even gracious enough to send me several copies of his new book, Fearless Beauty, to do a giveaway for the Friends of Beauty community. So make sure you're following Friends of Beauty on IG and that you're a part of the Friends of Beauty Facebook community to find out how you can enter to win your copy. So let's go ahead and jump into this amazing interview with Mike. Mikey Moran. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty Podcast, Mikey. Hey. How are you today? Oh, well, I'm speaking to you, so you know I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I'm excited excited to be able to speak to your uh, to your listeners. I think that we have a lot of stuff to go over, a lot of information, and it's going to be a great home forum. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this interview because your business looks amazing. I actually have seen like your products before I knew about you. So we have lots to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's always that's always exciting when you get that. Like that's so hard to do when someone's like, oh, yeah, I know your brand. And you're like, oh, wow. You kind of feel like you almost made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said almost. Who knows? Everyone has a different uh, uh, different uh, level of where they are for making it. I don't feel like I've made it yet, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm I think I'm in the right direction. Yeah, we get there. We'll get there. Well, before we jump into the interview, I would love to start off with some icebreakers, just so the friends friends and beauty community can get to know you a little bit outside of what you do professionally. So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. Three random facts are. Um, I really didn't go to school, uh, other than like high school. I went to a little bit of college, did Uh absolutely horrible. Um, I probably have a couple undiagnosed learning disabilities, um, but I'm not sure exactly what they are because, you know, I'm older now, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not in school, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've kind of learned how to work with them and, and just, it's been great. Uh, And the third one is I don't have kids, but I have cats and I love my cats and I treat them like my kids. I love cats. And fun fact, I actually found a kitten today um, and brought it in. So it's probably up under my chair. Yep. It's up under the chair right now. Yeah, I, I might have one cats. of my cats. One of my cats might jump through the interview here in a little bit because uh, I'm recording from home. So uh, yeah, we'll see. So maybe the cat will be part of the episode. It'll be great. Eventually, yes. Um, do you have any hidden talents? Any hidden talents? Um Hidden talents. That's that's a good one. A lot of people know a lot about me. So, hidden talents would be, um, yeah, I, I'm really good at twerking. How about that? 
I, I know you weren't expecting that. that. Yeah, Twerk Team 1982. There yes. you go. <laughs> I would love to see that one day. <laughs> oh, so I have these things called pod decks that my sister got me for Christmas. It's like several different decks, but this one is a would you rather deck. So I'm going to pull a random would you rather deck uh, card out of here. Let me shuffle them. See what it says. Okay, pod deck. Let's see what we got. Yes. Let's see. That's boring, man. Uh oh, uh, 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 we're going for a juicy one. I... <laughs> this was okay. Would you rather get a shoulder massage or a foot massage? Shoulder massage. <laughs> awesome. What do people always tell you that you're good at? Marketing. Marketing. That's yeah. a good thing to be good at. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that uh, means you could give us some marketing tips then. Oh, you know, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm not holding anything back today. Uh, whatever you guys want to know, I got you. Awesome. If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Probably focus more on, it's two-part, focus more on education early, uh, learning from people like myself that have kind of done things. Of course, a long time ago, there weren't amazing platforms like podcasts really. And we have like the internet, all the information's out there. And also I would say, ask more people for help. Meaning, you know, if it's somebody that you see in your industry that has come pretty far, hey, mm -hmm. can I can I get on? Like, can I, you know, it's one of those old things. Can I take you out to lunch? Can I, can I do anything for you just to be around, around you for like, 30 minutes. And yeah. I honestly think it's a game changer for a lot of people just to see the life, what they think it is might be very different. So I think that would be it. And which that's, both things I didn't do when I was a young entrepreneur, which were two big mistakes. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I'm a huge advocate for networking, like just getting up and close, up close and personal with people and finding out their stories, finding out their, like how they made it and just making connections. So I love that. So the last icebreaker is if you weren't the CEO of private label extensions, what could you see yourself doing? Ooh, if I wasn't the CEO, I would probably be just helping other people with their business. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to do as much as I can right now, but you know, from like more of like a coaching setting and consulting setting, uh, working with more one-on-one, -on -one, I do more kind of like stuff like this, where it's kind of more broad, uh, more one-on-one -on -one to help people with their business. Cause I really love helping people. I love that. I love helping people too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I, maybe one day I could see that twerk. I need to judge how you, <laughs> how you do on that twerk. <laughs> So let's go ahead and jump into it. I want to know who you are. Like, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your upbringing? Like, where are you from and all of that? Yeah, of course. So I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, uh, kind Good. of a uh, common story. You know, our father left us when we were very young. It was my mom. Uh, my mom didn't have a college degree, which was obviously much more important back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s uh, for a job. So uh, we lived with my grandmother. So my grandmother's awesome. So she was kind of like my second mom growing up. Mm -hmm. I have a sister. Uh, my sister and I never got along until we moved in together here in Atlanta about 20 years ago. And, um, you know, so I, I started off young, as a young entrepreneur. I had that lemonade stand. I, you know, in the fall, I'd rake leaves. In the winter, I would rake, uh, shovel snow. In the summer, I would mow the lawns. Uh, I did sports card collecting, buying and selling. I was this kid that, you know, I'd go into these hotel conferences and I was like this young kid where my mom would just drop me off with all my stuff on the, you know, put it all on the curb and I'm carting it all in. And I was this, you know, 15 year old amongst adults buying and selling and trading sports cards, which has become a huge 
huge business now. Right. Uh, the collectibles industry is really big. Um, did horrible. I mean, horrible in school. Uh, all my teachers loved me. They said I'm the most polite, nice student that can't pass a test to save his <laughs> life. Um, so yeah, I never read a book in high school or pretty much all through school. I never read a full book. You know, I couldn't, I just couldn't focus, couldn't read. Uh, I tried college. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to this community college. It's really good in Maryland area. Uh, didn't do well there except for accounting, which is random, uh, just good with some sort of numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I tried that moved to Atlanta because I was like, I'm going to go to school now because that's what everyone does. You know, they have to go to school. Uh, didn't end up going to school. I worked in restaurants for a while until I started my first business about 15 years ago. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, uh, the first 20, 30 years of my life. Nice. How's it going down there in Atlanta? Was it a, a difference moving from Maryland? Because I'm from DC. So I'm familiar with the Bethesda area. Yes. I'm yeah. yeah. So 20 years ago, especially moving to Atlanta, I absolutely hated it. Um, it was not what I expected. So you know the DC area growing up, it, to say in an easy way, everyone was cool with each other where I grew up. Like we just didn't care. We all got along. We just wanted to be friends. And you know, you have your little clicks, this, that, and the other, but it was kind of just kind of cool. And I moved to Atlanta and things were very different, still very segregated. Um, I just was in kind of a culture shock, you know, coming from DC where you have the melting pot of the world, as yeah. you know, like going out in DC, you see people from all over the world. Right. Uh, you know, some of my friends were diplomats in high school and such, or the, the, the kids of diplomats. So it was, it was a shock. I wanted to move back for the first year. My mom's like, Nope, you got to stay down there. You got to do it. You got to give it a try. You'll get used to it. Yeah. Um, but over the years, Atlanta has grown tremendously. Uh, the last five years, Atlanta has become, since the movie industry really moved here, Atlanta is now phenomenal. Atlanta, Atlanta is a great place. Like I, now I feel more excited to be here than ever. That's awesome. I've always, I like Atlanta. I have some family down there. So I think that's like the only place that I've been so far that I could probably see myself living potentially. Well, obviously, next time you do come down to Atlanta, you're going to stop by. I'm going to give you the tour of our, where we are, and we're going to hang out a little bit and take you out to lunch, and, you know, it's going to be great. So you're, next, you're going to be looking forward to your next trip to Atlanta, I hope. I look forward to it definitely now that I know that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So when you were younger, what do you, where do you think that drive came from with you wanting to be a young entrepreneur with doing, like, the grass cutting and selling lemonade and all of that? Uh, it was pretty simple. I was 14. And you know, Bethesda, you know, Bethesda, Bethesda is a very nice area, mm -hmm. right? So like, we were very fortunate. My grandmother bought the house in Bethesda, like in the early 70s, okay, for nothing back then. Um, so we were very fortunate to live in that area and grow up in that area around predominantly wealthy people. Mm -hmm. um, so my friends had, you know, when they came out, the new Air Jordans and all these cool shoes and clothes. And here I am in really not so cool stuff. Uh, so I was always like, mom, I, I would love to get these shoes. And you know, this, those shoes have always been expensive. And she said, well, you know, I can pay like $50 for shoes and you're going to have to pay the difference. And I was like, well, I don't have any money. And she was like, well, you can start working. So started working at a very young age and mm -hmm. uh, just so we could basically get by and kind of uh, do what I could to help out. And with the little bit that we had, uh, but I think it was great up in that environment, even though I was around other people that were obviously much more well-to-do. When they're 16, they're getting like a new car. And I'm like, right. 
<laughs> you know, I spent my $1,200 at making like five fifteen dollars an hour when I worked jobs, you know, and I bought this really crappy car that had to put oil in every single day so I could drive to school and do everything else. So, uh, but those, those are, those are great. Like I look back and I was like, man, I, I never had so much fun in my life. So it's okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the early days were really to just to kind of get by. Right. Right. And I think those kind of things like build character too, when you have to go out there and get it for yourself and it's not just handed to you, it definitely builds character and it builds that resilience that you talk about and we'll get there. But when you said you launched your first like official business, like 15 years ago, what kind of business was that? So I was working in a Thai restaurant and um, I always worked at night, like bartending or working at a restaurant because it gave me time during the day to try to find that big idea. Uh, so I came up with this package the first packaged Thai curry sauce ever to be sold in America and it was called curry simple and it was a brilliant idea it was a little before its time uh, it got a ton of press I mean within the first couple of months I'm on the front of the food section of the Washington Post which yeah. you know especially 15 years ago the Washington Post was like huge, huge deal yeah. right like that's major um, so that spurred into like a bunch of stuff here Pre local press I'm on TV I'm an entrepreneur magazine I'm all this stuff it's all good um, so it was just a really simple, easy to use cooking sauce for mm -hmm. Thai food. But the difference between mine and then later generations of uh, sauces that came out, this was true restaurant quality. So it tasted, you know, when I would do food shows across the US, people would try it, little samples, because I used to do little samples over rice and be like, this tastes just like, and they would name the local Thai restaurant and be like, wow, I can now do this at home. So it was you know, people looked at me and like, wait a second, how in the world, similar to today, how in the world are you in the Thai food business? And, you know, we imported everything from Thailand uh, right outside. It's about uh, an area called Chonburi. It's about two hours outside of Bangkok. Mm -hmm. uh, but that actually gave me a lot of experience dealing with Asia, sourcing products, um, product development, branding at, you know, a pretty early time. So that even though that business ended up did failing, you know, ended up failing, um, it was, that was my college basically right there. Yeah. So prior to that, you didn't have any experience in like private label or sourcing products and anything like that? No, I was always trying to do this, that, and the other. This is, you know, 15 years ago that it think about 2006 or 2005 when it, we were kind of doing the development of it and launching in 2006. Internet was still very young. E-commerce was still very difficult to get an online store uh, running unlike today. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up launching a hair extensions brand? Because I want to know, how did you end up there? What was that process like? You know, it's funny. I was having lunch with my now business partner. I was actually working for him in the real estate industry at the time. Because once my first business failed, I got totally wiped out. I was like negative account balances, credit card companies are calling me, borrowing money from my grandmother, like just I was in a really bad position. So I was like, mm. I need to get a job, right? And jobs are not a bad thing. Like, even though I love entrepreneurship, there's mm -hmm. a time and a place for a job. It's a nice steady income. Yeah. Um, so we were at lunch one day and he's telling me about his girlfriend and she would go to the, uh, go get her hair done and spend all this money on extensions. And I didn't know anything about him at the time, but it seemed like an interesting industry. And when I did more research online back in, this is in 2013, there weren't a lot of hair being sold online. And that's what I was good at. So I said, hey, let's do something um, selling hair online. Uh, we, we did like a 
a different route as where we are today. We did more of like a affiliate marketing kind of hair company, uh, which we did a full pivot in 2016 to where we do, we basically are now full service to help. We not only have our brand, but we help start other people's brands and manage brands for people. Nice. I love that. Wow. So I know I've read like since launching your hair extensions brand, private label extensions, right? Mm -hmm. You have gone on and done 10 different brands, five retail locations, partnership with Shopify. Like how does, how does this happen? What kind of, what are the things that fall under that, that fall under your company? First thing, drink lots of coffee. (laughs) There we go. Uh, I'm very, I, I'd listen to our clients, right? So uh, when we first got started, we, everyone was trying to like, we were trying to get people to push our brand and to get a percentage of the sales, like with affiliate links and such like that. Mm-hmm. But really the, the information we got was people wanted to start their own brand. So in 2016, we did a full pivot and we started doing brands for other people. Uh, we started off with drop shipping. So now we probably have the largest hair drop shipping business in the U- for USA-based uh, clients, uh, which is a huge advantage opposed to dealing with overseas drop shipping. Um, we have a branding website, so private label branding. So that's like people go there, they can get, we'll do your logo design, your packaging. Uh, you can design your own labels now. Uh, basically, in all of these things came out from just listening to our clients and what their needs were. And mm-hmm. I always try to focus on making sure that I get them the best possible product for the lowest cost. Um, so that was always my key. And that's what really has made us successful. And then it's just kind of grown into uh, what people need. And we just create a new brand if it, cause it was getting too much under like the private label brand. Yeah. It was, it was just way too much. So we started sectoring everything off uh, based on the needs for our clients and uh I always say I'm done. We're not like doing any more projects, no more projects. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and then, yeah, I, okay. So, you know, mm-hmm, cause I say the same thing. And then all of a sudden I get an idea and it's like, oh my gosh, why do you keep dropping all these ideas in my head? Now I feel like I have to do it. And then it's another business venture. I know it's crazy. Yeah. So why did you decide to go from e-commerce to actual having like physical brick and mortar? So we actually, that wasn't even the plan. We set up an office in the building that I was managing, and and it, in the beginning, no one knew we were there, which was fine. It was just like our little office. We did shipping out of there and customer support, and then like one day, someone knocks on the door, like "Hello," and we're like mm-hmm. "Hello." They're like "Hi, I'm here to buy hair," and we're like, "Oh, well, okay, that's kind of how do you even know we're here? Oh, we found you online, okay." And then it was like more people showed up, more people showed up, and because of our pricing is generally. 30 to 40% less than what a a standard kind of retail hair store would be Mm -hmm. uh, with comparable quality. It was all the stylists and salon owners and some of our local clients, because basically what they would do is they would come purchase from us and then they would, you know, now they can make money on hair where before most of the time they had their clients bringing them really crappy hair. And then they're getting blamed for like putting in this hair that doesn't really last long. Right. Um, so now we gave them the source. So the first location was working out okay. Uh, we decided to, um, we basically just reinvest all the profits into the company. Uh, so we decided to purchase our own building uh, and then we set up that and that started doing really well. And then I had a uh, one of my partners, his name is Dallas Christopher. He was the first stylist that we ever met. And I kept thinking of how can I get Dallas more involved in the brand? And our main company itself had grown so big. It's just kind of, 
it's not possible really just to partner someone to that. So I said, hey, Dallas, let's, you know, you're from Greenville. Let's open a store in Greenville. We'll create a new company and we'll partner you in. Um, and Dallas is, you know, he's very different than me. He is a uh, Paul Mitchell national educator. He's probably taught about 10,000 students over the last oh, 15 wow. years or so. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Just so amazing. Great energy. So he's someone I have kind of side by side. And then we ended up opening another store together. And then uh, I started talking with, I met Angela Yee. She's probably from a show you guys might know, The Breakfast Club. And me and her just really hit it off. Um, you know, our values aligned. She's a really hard worker. I'm a really hard worker. Uh, we really are focused on giving back to the community, uh, which we both have big initiatives in doing and we have done over the years. Um, so I said, hey, Angela, let's open a store together. Let me tell you about Angela. <laughs> I sent her a text because we just stayed in touch. And I sent her a text and said, Angela, you got to come down to Atlanta. And this is middle of the pandemic. You got to yeah. come down to Atlanta. Uh, I want to show you the numbers. Like we got to do a store together. She's like, oh, okay, let me see. 30 minutes later, she texts me back. And basically this was like a Tuesday. And she's like, I'll be there Friday. And I'm like, oh, she's serious. I like serious people. Yes. And um, me and her just get along great as, as partners, you know, so um it's it's been great the the retail locations because of different states you have to set up different entities for tax purposes it's been great partnering in great people into the brand so we can continue to grow it and that's just been really rewarding for me to align myself with more great people and we're creating kind of the blueprint for that so we can do that with a lot more people in the future right you think you're going to open up more locations for sure. I mean, our clients, our clients love us in their city because they just come, you know, the hairstylists and stuff mostly and some public, but it's a lot of hairstylists, you know, they come, they get all the, the products for their clients and their clients are happy because they have a consistent product. Mm -hmm. The pricing is amazing. Um, the showroom experience is not like a normal beauty supply store or anything else. I mean, you, everyone's a VIP when they walk in the door, um, like our Detroit store, the Detroit store, it's like walking into a Gucci. I mean, it's <laughs> absolutely stunning. You actually walk in and you're probably like, oh my God, this is going to be so expensive. I'm worried. Then you see the price and you're like, oh, wait, oh, I'm not telling anyone about this. This is my new secret, mm -hmm. you know? So we, we've really focused, we're so client focused. And I think that's so important for anyone listening that you have to do the absolute best and everything you can for your client base. Yeah. Sidebar. That's actually where I saw your brand on Angela. I saw that long Ooh. hair that she had. I was like, wow, it looks so good on her. It looks that so was good out of my her. that was some out of my private collection. Uh, we I do personally supply some of the longest hair extensions in the United States to uh, top stylists for big celebrities, but it's all private labels. So, mm. um, you know, off camera, I can always tell I might tell a few people, but for the most part, I just you'll never see me post it. You never see me post photos with anybody. Very private. Like, uh, it's no big deal to me. I just want everyone to be happy. Yeah. So what kind of challenges did you face in the beginning when you were starting off the company versus like the challenges that you have now with expanding? Wow. It, it's really funny because the challenges in the beginning were mostly financial because I started the company. I was absolutely broke. Mm -hmm. I borrowed uh, $7,000 from my mom twice to get the company going. Okay. And um, so it was more financial. I was basically working 50 hours a week, full-time yeah. job, bringing on staff. Um, I wanted to make the company secure. 
But I can tell you as companies and your company grows, um, you're going to start going through shifts in staffing where you have to start getting a lot more organized, a lot more structured. In the beginning, that was really tough because a lot of the staff that had been with us for a little while as we had to get more structured inside the business, mm -hmm. inherently people just don't like change. So having to go through some of those changes, some people just weren't happy and just like, oh, why, you know, to me, I'm like, look guys, at the end of the day, this is really not a big deal. And it's for the better of all, for all of us and You're for right. the company. Uh, now today, the challenges are way bigger than back in the day when we first started. And that's something I always say is, you know, today's problems, when I look at them next year, I laugh at them because I was like, wow, I wish my problems were that small again. Right. Right. So like I can give you an example, you know, we're trying to open up this store. We signed a lease um, in Lithonia. So it's about 30 minutes east of our location in Atlanta and the um, DeKalb County where we get the inspections and everything else. Mm -hmm. They just aren't coming out to inspect the property. So it's been sitting there for like five months just waiting for them to come out. I'm paying I'm paying my lease. I'm paying for the cable. I'm paying for uh, the electricity. I have the staff already hired that are now working in the Atlanta store, uh, mm -hmm. just waiting to go over there to their job at the new store. And there's not much you can do about it. So the process has finally started, but there's those are big challenges because honestly, if we were a smaller company at the time, we would have been totally wiped out. That would have been it, yeah. game over. So people going into these retail spaces, I know they get really excited, but I always have to say like, proceed with caution because when you sign like a three or five year lease, like the, especially when you're a new business, you're getting a personal guarantee on that. That's like a hundred, $150,000 commitment. And these leasing companies and, and these commercial real estate is very different than residential. They're dead serious. Yeah. You're going to be owing some money for a long time if this doesn't work out. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh. So even in the beginning, did you have to like brush up on your hair knowledge? Because personally, I know nothing about hair. When people start talking about like Remy and all the other, I have no idea what they're talking about. So did you have to kind of take like a crash course to know what you were looking for when you were sourcing these brands and everything? Yeah. So I didn't know anything either when I first started. Uh, so it was, you know, Dallas taught me a lot and working with Dallas and I feel like I kind of, even though I don't wear hair, obviously, like it puts me at somewhat, somewhat of an advantage as far as I'm concerned, because 100%, it doesn't matter what I think about the hair from wearing it experience. So what I do is I am getting feedback from kind of like a core group of people about what they like and don't like about a certain product. Mm -hmm. um, so in the beginning, we started with that. And then uh, pre-COVID, uh, you would see me overseas. I'm in the countryside of China. I'm in manufacturing facilities. Like I'm the type of guy that's going all in. I need to know everything, the ins and outs, building relationships, uh, and literally in the factories where they are processing and making the hair extensions uh, with partners over there now and learning all that. So uh, I, I would say I dove deep into it because it's so that important to me that I have the highest level of understanding. Now, I don't know how to actually do hair. I've never done mm -hmm. hair. I've never colored hair. That's what I have Dallas for. He's, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the best, right? So that's why I have him by my side. So if you're starting a business and that's not your strong suit and you're picking a partner, try to pick a partner that doesn't have the same skill sets as yourself. Mm -hmm. That way you have that strong arm right there. But as far as the manufacturing, which is something, you know, I had worked on when I first flew to Thailand and I was in the factory there with the, the food company, 
like that was definitely an experience. Uh, so I had that type of manufacturing experience and that really helped me out feeling comfortable going into these places. I mean, the countryside of China is not comfortable. Okay. <laughs> like I'm literally eating bugs with the team. Like they're ordering fried. It was kind of like a locust, but in China, it's like a different name and they're ordering it, but I'm trying to be like the guy with them. So I'm like, yep, I'm, here I am. I'm eating it, you know? <laughs> And like, they, they don't have it. Like people like me, they don't like normal people in the countryside. They're literally videotaping me because they didn't see only Chinese people, yeah. you know? So it's an amazing experience. Um, a lot of fun and just different. And you kind of sometimes have to let go. Uh, but yeah, really fun. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, I think one of the things I'm always the most concerned with when I'm trying to expand my brand is the people in the systems that are going to run it. So what kind of people do you have in place and systems um, to help your brand run? Like, do you have a marketing person, a social media person, uh, ads? Like, who do you have? Yeah, so that's what you're talking about right now is something that can really, uh, as businesses grow, so if, as you start hiring employees, that's something that you have to be highly cautious about, okay? Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different expectations, right? So Right now, um, employee number one from 2014 is still with me today. Employee number two, she works on more of a consulting level, but still with us today. Employee number three, still with us today. I'm technically employee number four. Uh, so having that core strong team, I say like the ride or die team. I know that's kind of like an old kind of yeah. term that ride or die. Like yeah. I joke, it's like, I need people that if I kill somebody, which obviously I'm not killing anybody, but if I kill somebody and I call you at three in the morning, cause I need help burying the body. Those are the kind of people you want on your team. Mm -hmm. um, Marianne is my office manager. She is completely opposite from me. She is perfect as an office manager because, um, she is more like uh, by the book and just kind of like, this is your job. This is what you need to do. This is what you agreed upon, right? And you do need some of that. Me, I'm the nice guy. I don't want to fire anybody. I just want to say, let's keep working with them. So now I took myself completely on a hiring, firing, everything. I don't, I don't get involved in any of that because I'm too nice. Like yeah, I'm too nice too. for business. Like, I, you know, I'm worried. Like as you start growing, you have to start worrying about families and everything else that's part of your business. Like it's all for a big purpose. So having that structure and hiring people, we do like a three interview process now. Uh, so we, it's, it's a lot to get hired at private label. Like, honestly, we put you through the ringer a lot yeah. uh, because we have to make sure that even if it takes longer and we really need someone, uh, we were actually just talking about it today. We need a new shipping person. And I was talking to my shipping team and I was like, look, guys, I know we really need someone, but we want the right person because you don't want that person's going to slack off next to you because you're going to do nothing but be frustrated and pissed off. Right. These are really important things that you don't always think about when you're first hiring people. Right. So I do, I handle a lot of the marketing now. We're actually in the middle of hiring like a marketing assistant right now. Um, our customer support staff, they love social media. So it's like, you know, trying to keep them off their social media is a whole nother challenge these days. So uh, we let them manage ours and they're posting stuff. And I say, have fun with it, post stories and do all this kind of stuff. If there's a certain topic that we need to focus on, focus on that. Um, but most of the Facebook ads, and that kind of stuff. I handle it because I'm a like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, total geek. Okay. And really good at it apparently. Uh, so, you know, I, I had, we had a bigger team and it's kind of like the team has gotten bigger and smaller over time. So it kind of varies as far as what we need. Uh, like as far as blogging, I can tell you back in 2018, I had a team of um, a contract team of 30 writers, an editor, 
and we published a thousand blog, a thousand blog posts in one year. Wow. And that generated millions of visitors and traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we kind of ran out of every topic. So we kind of had to slim back down and kind of let everyone know ahead of time, we kind of slim back down because we have nothing else to write about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's kind of been this it, it very uh, uh, fluid kind of uh, experience, but our core group of people, like our core people, they're, they're there day in, day out. And could, would you say that you kind of just went with the flow? like hire people as you needed them? Or did you kind of think ahead and say, okay, I know I'm going to need, you know, these people in place. You know, I always waited till kind of like we were at the breaking point because Mm -hmm. what I don't want to do is hire someone and then have to fire someone because business gets slow because like the summer season for hair, it gets a little bit slower. People are generally wearing braids and other kind of items. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was very careful because I'm, I'm just so cautious about, you know, people's livelihood right? Because I, I've been very, very broke before. So I know what it's like, you know, how important that paycheck can be. So I didn't want to have that experience. Um, you know, we really focus on hiring great people. So I know the big talk for the last couple of years has been like, oh, minimum wage, $15 an hour and all this stuff. And yeah, you know what? It's not easy um, when you're making less than that. So at private label, uh, nobody makes less than $15 an hour. So all mm-hmm. our staff are very well taken care of. They're all, after you've been with us for a year, you're in the bonus pool. Okay, um, the bonus pool is fantastic. If the company does well, you're probably going to get a pretty nice bonus. And to be honest with you, this past month was one of our, uh, let's see, March was our busiest month in history. And even if your customer support, you're in this bonus pool, uh, I can tell you the customer support team got a bonus that was basically uh, two weeks pay. So half a month pay bonus. That's to me at that age, being younger and got something like that, that would change my life. I feel like, you know, so they know the company's making money, but they're also being taken care of. So that's, it's really important to take good care of your staff. Because they'll take care of you in the business yeah. for sure. Yes. You hope so. For most yeah. of the time they do. Yeah. yeah. That's what we hope. So I know on May 4th, you released your your book, your new book, Fearless Beauty. Ooh, Show it to yes. us for the people that's watching on YouTube. Can we see what it looks like? Yeah. So this is actually just the paperback co- cover. So we have a paperback, a hardcover, and then of course the Kindle version. Yeah. Uh, so this is, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's amazing. Uh, the I actually wish I had the hardcover. I left it at the office. Uh, so I have some great blurbs on it. So some great endorsements. So anyone that's been in the hair and beauty industry has probably heard of the brand Paul Mitchell. Um, so I had the co-founder of Paul Mitchell, uh, John Paul, he actually endorsed my book and that's a whole nother story. Getting a multi-billionaire to endorse your books, literally impossible. Uh, somehow we did that. Uh, I have James Bronner from the Bronner brothers. So most people know the Bronner brothers show. We have a great relationship with them. We work really close with them on a lot of projects. Uh, so we love the Bronner brothers. Their show is amazing. Um, so we had James Bronner from Bronner brothers, Angela Lee from the breakfast club, who's now our partner. Uh, and then one great guy his name's Kendall Ficklin uh definitely look him up nice. do you know who I've Kendall Ficklin of, is yeah, so I used to work at Brown and Brothers a couple of times um back really? in the day like I used to work with a brand called I Make You Beautiful but it's Danessa Myrick's beauty now I used okay. to work at that booth and Kendall I actually went to a conference I went to the social proof um conference I think in 2019 in Atlanta mm-hmm. And I got to sit in on his um, his seminar that he did. He was amazing. Like my mind was like blown. And I know his wife, it's such a small world. His wife is a makeup artist. And yep. I didn't put two and two together until one day I saw her post him on her page. I was like, your husband is the bomb. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. That is, yeah. Kendall, Kendall's my guy. Like that's, we, we try to meet up, you know, as much as we can, but you know, I, I, it was, we, he was, he spoke, he was the first speaker at my first conference in 2014 and he was really special to me. Uh, we've kind of helped each other along the way we both started our business and kind of watched it grow tremendously. Mm-hmm. And then um, his daughter, Zakira. So I don't know if you saw Zakira Ficklin there. Uh, she actually started working with us in 2014 and she was employee number two. So she nice. just does consulting. She does our podcast. So we have a podcast that we do together. So she's my co-host. Um, so yeah, just that, you know, it's a family thing with them. Yeah. So, and it's great that you know who they, it's small world. Yeah. It's, it's so v- cool. a very small world. And I always tell people, you got to be good to people because you just never know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. What inspired you to write the book though? Oh, the book, the book was a process. So if people know me very well, it's one of, I'm one of those guys where it's like Friday afternoon and someone's like, Mikey, I have this idea. We should do this. And I'm like, huh, I like this. We come back to the office on Monday, guys, guess what? We have this new project and it's done, (laughs) right? The book is a marathon project. It was almost one year of working on this. Um, The book is dedicated to my mom. Uh, you'd have to read it, the book to kind of find out more of that story. So the book is dedicated to my mom. Uh, I, I wrote the book because I wanted to, I was at a point where I felt like I reached a certain level of success where if I give advice, this is like real advice. This is really going to help people. I, I think a lot of times, you know, I, t- I even talk in the book about be selfish in the beginning, like stop trying to help all these people where you can't even help yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we reached a certain level of success. Uh, that was, I felt very big in entrepreneurship. So I said, and then COVID hit and I was like, you know, I love to travel. And I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere for a while. So this is probably a good time to focus on a book. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a rewarding experience. It, it turned out absolutely amazing. The reviews for it have been phenomenal. Uh, if you're a mom, you will cry a few parts mm-hmm. reading the book. Okay. I will get you in this thing. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a beauty entrepreneur, it is, it is the best investment you can make. Uh, and an entrepreneur in general is kind of plug and play with a lot of the information. I think it's phenomenal. I wanted to create something that you kind of asked this question earlier about what you wish you knew when you were starting out. I wish someone said, Mikey, read this book, follow this book and just read it twice. Mm-hmm. If I had, I wanted to create something that was really true, that was, um, that could really change someone's lives. And from an aspect of like, you know, I don't come from a family that has all this money and was just like, oh, let's just, you know, throw millions of dollars at something or have funding. We never have gotten funding. It's been yeah. hard work, nonstop. Uh, so I talk about it in the book. So I think a lot of people start like that and they need to hear that they're not alone and you can reach success coming from that. Right, right. So I know in the book, you tell your readers to expect it to take two years for your business to grow. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So I've talked to other business owners and it's kind of one of those topics of like, hey, how long does it take to make a business successful? And really it takes like, unless you have some sort of edge, maybe you're on a TV show, which I'm not on a TV show. You know, I don't even barely have an Instagram following. And, it, and it's kind of my pitch is like, you don't have to have all that to create a successful business, right? So it's just one of those things that it takes a while to grow your business, right? It's going to take a while to get your branding going. It's going to take a while to figure out the e-commerce, to build up your traffic, to figure out conversion rates and all this other kind of stuff. And then once you start doing all that stuff, 
you need to reinvest in your business. You know, too, too often entrepreneurs, they start taking money out early because they want to look cool on Instagram and they got mm -hmm. this new car and all this. I drove the same car for 16 years. One of those white box Scions. It looked like a box, right? I have and a here Scion, I am. but it's a TC. <laughs> yeah, cool. Way cooler than mine. And mine was like literally from 2006. Yeah. Okay. So this was, it was just like 2019. I got a new car because my accountant was giving me hell. He's like, Mikey, like you have no expenses. You can write this thing off, most of it off. So he's like, go get a nice car, treat yourself. And I was like, okay, it'd be good for clients and stuff too. But literally I was driving the same car for, you know, doing in the millions in sales and still mm -hmm. driving this box car because I, I thought it was so important to me to continue to reinvest in the business because a business is like a Kendall, Kendall and I had this uh, conversation. We, a business is like a baby. If you don't feed the baby, especially when it's young, that baby's not going to grow. That baby's right. going to die. Just like your business. You have mm -hmm. to continue to feed that baby, your business, so it can continue to grow. And that's even to today, like I'm still very, very conservative about what we spend and uh, what we do with our money because I want this to continue to grow. We have employees that have been with us for a while and they want more opportunities. For them to have more opportunities, we got to continue to grow. I don't want anyone that works with us to feel like they're working at a dead-end company or want to work at a dead-end company. I want them to say, hey, maybe I'm going to have my own store that I'm going to run one day, which we have staff that are that we know. We said, hey, we're kind of grooming you to have your own store and run your own store. And they love it. Yes. You know, so yeah, it's it's not going to happen overnight. Like that's that's the problem with social media. Like I love social media, the business side of it, but mm -hmm. like, the, but people trying to be all flashy and all this, like they're high, I call, we call it the highlight reel. Yeah. Like, don't get sucked into that, please. Like, yeah. Don't worry about looking cool. Like it's not going to help you with your business for the most part. Right. I agree. Social media is like, I can go on and on about social media. I'm going to just go ahead and go, go to something else. But what mistakes, what are some common mistakes that you usually see people make when they're trying to start off a hair business? Um, common mistakes would be they don't focus on kind of like the structure of their business. So if you're going to make this a business, you're really going to do this, make it a business, you know, go ahead and get an LLC, go ahead and get a business bank account, go ahead and get a business credit card. If you can, you know, like when I first started, I couldn't get a business credit card. My credit score honestly was like 570. Yeah. Yes, guys, 570 credit score because my other business failed. Like I'm, I'm not ashamed to, tell, to say that. Like a lot of people don't even want to admit that. 570, I remember it and it was brutal. <laughs> like, so, but when you can get a business credit card, because you know what rewards points and all these other things that make yeah. your life fabulous, uh, which I'm a rewards points junkie. Uh, do that. Make sure you start off on the right platform. Okay. So if you're doing e-commerce right now, hands down, Shopify is absolutely the best. I know you're probably hearing ads for Squarespace and Wix and GoDaddy's calling you. Do not do it. Okay, mm -hmm. get on the right platform because if you're on the wrong platform and have to switch, you're going to waste a lot of time, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, really focus on your initial customers, right? So it's that first customer. You have to do whatever you can to make sure that customer goes to your website and leaves that review. And guess what? That second customer, you got to make sure they go back to your website and leave. Your, I don't care what you have to do. You yeah. need that social proof, especially in the beginning. Okay. Don't use a Gmail address. Right. If I ordered something and it was like, you know, this brand at gmail.com, I said, oh my God, 
spend the seven to $10 a month, Google workspace and get yourself a professional email mm-hmm. um, and be careful. Honestly, one other thing I would have to say that a lot of people don't talk about is be careful with your personal social media. Um, I see people's personal social media because, you know, I have, um, I have the largest Facebook group dedicated to starting hair business. We have about 37,000 people in there and I'm, and I don't say anything to them, but I post in the group, like, Hey guys, be careful. Other people can see this, like what you're talking about and kind of posting stuff like you're in business now. Um, right. not saying don't have fun, but be, you know, but be a little mindful, please. Like, you know, people like to buy from people that are, you know, more respectful for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they feel like they can trust. Right, right. Definitely. Just a few. Yeah. I could probably go on forever. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of it in the book. But, you know, yeah, just a few. Like, those are some real key points that um, that you just you just have to do. Yeah. So since you're the marketing guy, like how important is marketing? Like when you're first starting off as an entrepreneur and you're launching your business and like, if it's super important, like what are the different marketing tactics or do you have one that you prefer over the other? Yeah. So marketing is absolutely crucial because good product or not, um, without marketing, you're not selling it. And that's mm-hmm. obviously the purpose of your business, which can grow into bigger purposes, um, mm-hmm. you know, giving back the community and charity and everything else. Um, so marketing is everything. You need to have a nice clean brand. Like your logo is so important. I see people's logos like with glitter and too much like stuff going on. And I swear like things are flying around the website. And I'm like, look, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go to apple.com. Go look at their website. Look how clean and simple it is. Mm-hmm. Go to Mac.com, right? Mac Cosmetics. Look how clean and simple the website is. You know, go to some of these other bigger brands and you see how clean and simple it is. Mm-hmm. All these distractions do nothing but people are looking at that instead of looking at your product. Okay. Yeah. So you want to start with a clean brand because it doesn't matter how much traffic you're sending to your website. If your brand's not clean, they're not going to buy anyway. Yeah. Which segues into understanding that the normal conversion rate for a website, which means how many visitors versus how many people buying, is generally about 1%, okay? So you have to think, think in your mind, okay, I have 100 people visiting my website, one person is going to buy. So what do you do? What do you do about the other 99 people? Right. And that's where like the Facebook pixel and Facebook ads. Yeah. Cause you do the Uh retargeting ads. Like my friends would ask me about private label on the website. I don't even want to tell them because I'm like, look, I'm not sending you to my website to look at it because you're going to see my ads forever. You know, (laughs) you know, are you capturing emails? And I'm not saying just capturing emails by having like a pop up that offers a discount or, you know, SMS for text messaging to offer a discount. You can always try different things that is, and I would say try different, marketing is all about trying different things, whether they work well or not. Mm -hmm. Try offering something of value. You know, something new, something that actually most websites don't do when they're new is, which is so important, is they don't have enough content, okay? Content for like blogging, education about the products, about the industry, have probably at least four to 10 nicely well done, long format, informative blog posts. Because if you think about your buying online, no one likes to be sold. Do you like to be sold? Nobody likes to be sold to. Nobody likes to be sold, I want it right? to be my decision. <laughs> you want it to be your decision, right? Yeah. So you're basically, uh, web. most people, when they first start out their website, it's only about selling. It's all products. There's nothing that's going to warm them up 
you know, so like blog posts are great because it could be information related to uh, the industry. So for like the makeup industry, how to get like the perfect wing or, you know, something like that with maybe a YouTube tutorial and all this other kind of stuff that lets them see you, you're a real person, you're a real brand, yeah. right? Show them that. And on that page, you might say, hey, buy my great product here, right? But, you know, just going for that hard sell is really tough. You know, it's kind of like the first date and you're like, hey, you know, let's let's go back to my place and hook up. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually very similar uh, relationships and like a guy trying to meet a girl is very similar to like a website trying to get a sale. If you really think of the big picture right. and really understand with marketing comes down to there's a lot of theory behind it as far as I could be the greatest Facebook advertiser in the world, but there's all these other things. There's literally hundreds of things for a website and e-commerce and conversions that all come together to generate sales. And big companies spend millions of dollars a year on this stuff of yeah. figuring out the little tweaks, the conversions and everything else. So think about the big picture of how everything is going to work together. That's, that's the challenge I have, the big picture, all these moving parts is like, woo. So I, I consider myself to be pretty techie. I can, I'm a really techie person. Like I record and edit my podcast. I've dibbled and dabbled with Facebook ads, but if somebody's not as techie, do you recommend that they maybe get a course or should they go the route of just like hiring somebody that specializes in doing like ads or marketing to, you know, when they first start out? I'm definitely the kind of person that I'm like, I'm going to figure out this myself, at least to a certain point mm -hmm. uh, and educate myself. Because if you're hiring someone, I've seen a lot of times I've sat in meetings where these big companies or even small companies are just throwing all this BS and terms and things that sound these flashy words, you know, that I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? Like, this <laughs> is so setting up the Facebook pixels, this whole da 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 da. Yeah. And I'm like, it takes two minutes. Like you're going to pay a thousand dollars for someone to do this. Like what are they going to charge for these other services? So it helps if you can take a course, be very careful of where you take courses. Um, just because a lot of people, a lot of people get stuck taking these courses just because I see, you know, somebody they follow has a big following on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to really be able to teach you well about like marketing and Facebook, Instagram ads and the real technical aspects that you need to learn. I've seen that a lot, these webinars and other kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I hate those. Yeah. Uh, so try to find a more reputable course if you can. Um, and then, you know, if it comes time where you just can't figure it out or you need help, you know, maybe start hiring someone. Uh, just, just be careful. I just, I just don't like seeing people waste money, especially small businesses, because I didn't have a, uh, the reason why I'm good at all this stuff is I had no money to do any of it. So right. I was like, here I am working more day, morning, day and night on my business just to try to learn all this stuff to get it done because I couldn't afford to pay anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's helped me tremendously because now we can hire people. It's a lot easier to hire people because we can speak the same language. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm not getting over on him. Right, right. Did you go the route of like YouTube or did you actually like invest in different courses and stuff? You know, I have, I've done a hybrid of, of everything. I, I normally say start with what's free. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a simple example. Okay. So with Shopify, there's tons of documentation on Shopify because they don't want you to keep calling them. So they put everything online. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to learn it. So they have an email. It's called Clavio or Clavio, Clavio, Clavio. It's my favorite email system for Shopify. They have tons of articles on there, free articles, 
that will teach you exactly how to do everything to build the email flows, abandoned carts, this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. Utilize that information first, then maybe hop on YouTube. And then these things on YouTube are going to start making a little bit more sense. And, you know, Clavio has the videos and then hop on YouTube. You might learn some advanced techniques. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after you've done all the free resources, then go to paid. So in 20, 2017, I got in like an advanced marketing course with one of the top like SEO companies in the world. And it was a big invest. It was a thousand dollars. And literally at that point, it was a thousand dollars. I thought I like called my business partner and I was like, oh my God, like I, I want to do this, but it's a thousand dollars. Right. Like now a thousand dollars for good information is like nothing. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it can make so much at a bigger scale. But in the beginning, a thousand dollars was like, I didn't even have a thousand dollars. So taking that course was a game changer. We tripled Mm -hmm. our sales that year um, and really set me up my mindset. And then actually I ended up paying um, the kind of the person that was in charge of this group. I ended up paying them as consultants. Okay. And let's listen to this. I was paying for, I had a one hour call twice a month. I was paying $7,000 a month for six months, $3,500 a call. Wow. And it was totally worth it. How long was the call? (laughs) An hour. Oh, wow. Okay. They didn't even do anything. Yeah. You said it was, but it was worth it. It changed how I thought to something like I, I, I never thought just things became clear. I I like to give the example of, uh, have you ever seen the movie, the matrix? Yeah. Okay. So Keanu Reeves, when he, in the beginning, the matrix is like, you know, all those numbers, like all these numbers, right? To him, to us, it's just numbers at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. But as he grew and he became like the one or whatever the term was, he, he could see those numbers and then it painted the picture. Right. Right. So in the beginning as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm talking about stuff you might not understand at this today. You see the, you're just seeing these numbers right now, right? But if you continue educating yourself, learning, taking all the resources that all these brands have, like, you know, the email brand, if it's a text marketing company, like um, they're going to have resources, you do all that, you're going to start seeing that picture. But I paid the money because it was important for me to hurry up and learn how to paint that picture faster. And it was, it was a very good investment. I love that analogy. That that just makes everything make so much sense. Like, seriously, I have another question. I know that when I was kind of like in the coaching space, I always had to do enrollment calls, like calling people on the phone and trying to get them to enroll in my courses and stuff like that is like uh, phone sales. Is that a thing in this business or any kind of business you think? You know, it's funny. We We were going to do that. Um, we have a wholesale side of our business. Uh, I'm basically building my own Alibaba, but with all the best vendors products, the pricing the mm-hmm. you can pay by credit card is I created this whole system. So we decided we were going to have the sales team. It's sounds, Oh, everyone needs a sales team. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started off where we were going to do this, but then I was actually didn't realize I was so good at online marketing that basically they were salespeople and I could give them more leads from the online marketing that I could do than they could even handle. Mm. So, but then they would get on the phone with them and kind of like, you know, kind of walk them through the business. We ended up just scratching that whole system and just created like a more a a self-help virtual online. It actually worked out a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just one of those things as you kind of have new projects and you think something's going to work. A lot of times it doesn't. So you got to pivot a little bit 
and just say to yourself, you know what, I thought this was the way I was going to go and I was wrong. And it's okay to admit that you're wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Like yeah. that's the only way you're going to make your business better. I love that. And I, I forgot what book I was reading recently when it just, it just basically talks about turning your mistakes into opportunities and not like just getting yourself down, but see them as like learning opportunities because it's just, it's only going to make you better. So I think having that mindset is really important for a lot of people. Um, to get used to because mistakes are going to happen. You're going to, you know, fall on your face, but you have to get up and just learn from it. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's one of the, I mean, I could ask you if you didn't make mistakes, like where would you be today? Right. Nowhere. If if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing hard enough. Let me Mm -hmm. put it that way. You know, like that's kind of like people ask about with hair. They say, you know, oh, what if you get a customer complaint? I'm like, if I don't get customer, some customer complaints, right. I'm not selling enough hair Mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. doesn't matter how good it is. Different people have different expectations, but you have to know how to handle those expectations. You know, that's a part of business, right? So be ready for that. Be ready for someone. If you're a new entrepreneur, be ready for someone to not like your product. I don't care what your product is. Not everybody is going to like your product. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. Right. But if you have the perfect product, which is impossible, give me a call. We, we can invest, right? <laughs> we'll invest some money. We got you. We're going to invest. Some money. It's not going to happen. So just be ready for it and understand. Don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Separate that bit, those, those business feelings from the personal feelings. It's, it's two different things. Absolutely. So Mikey, what do you want your legacy to be when this is all said and done? Ooh, legacy. My legacy is we created a, you know, I'm all about our brand, the private label brand. So we actually, we say private label extensions, but really we've been transforming into shortening it to just private label as we're getting into cosmetics and other kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to create a brand that is just known to have helped a lot of people. Um, you know, within our community of the hair industry, we, we've made a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Uh, we've created a lot of systems. We've given a lot back to the community. Um, I want people to be like, wow, those guys were like, those were the ones that everyone wants to strive to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a program right now um, because of COVID, obviously me and you, we probably have, I mean, look at my camera, look at your camera. We look great. We're on great computers and everything else, but guess what? Not everybody has that, right? Yeah. With COVID people have kids and they, um, all the devices. So like when COVID hit and everyone was learning from home, we got all our extra stuff and we shipped it out to like families because through our Facebook group. And since then uh, we give back a laptop to um, most of the people in the Facebook group. It's probably honestly 99% black women, mm-hmm. right? And we do as much as we can for the community, giving back. We've given back a laptop every week uh, for over over a year. Uh, and even before that, last year, we gave away $100,000 in products and services to help that community get to where they, you know, give them, try to give them the edge, right? And um, I think it's just so important, you know, to be able to build something like cancer is really important to us uh, just through myself and family members. Uh, so we gave back like over 500 wigs last year to cancer patients, people that didn't, you know, that were losing their hair. Yeah. Uh, so like, I want people to know that private label was, and our sister brands was, they actually had a purpose, mm-hmm. right. And it, like a really strong purpose to help the community um, because it's something that I think it's, it's something much bigger than the brand itself and it's becomes everybody. So that's really, that's really something that we believe really strongly about and always have. 
And I actually talk about it in the book is like when you first start, you can't help as much, but as you continue to grow, you can give more. So that's something we've been doing is like, as we continue to grow, like to give you an example with this book, we have a giveaway. I don't know when this is coming out, so it's probably too late, but like, you know, part of this is I'm, so, I want people to read this book so bad. And I really think it's going to change their life. Like I have a stack of 10 lap, 10 new laptops in my office. So like in my Facebook group, uh, we're giving away laptops to 10 people that buy and read the book. Mm-hmm. And then we also have something where um, I'm going to pick one winner that I'm actually going to fly them to Atlanta. I'm going to get them a hotel for two nights. I'm going to give them $500 spending money. And I'm going to literally work on their hair business for an entire day. Oh, wow. Look, I'm about to sign up. I'm about to just have a hair business just because. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, and people are like, oh, can you, can I hire you just normally to do that? And I say, I, I don't have time. Like, yeah. honestly, I took, I, try, I was just, out of town, I try to take my first day off since 2019. So like, how, what's the value of that? Right. So yeah. it's like, this is something to me so valuable, but I think it's a game changer for whoever gets this, mm-hmm. you know, and the stories, the stories, the messages I get from the first sale to like, Hey, Mikey, I quit my job. Now I'm just doing this full time stuff like that. Like, I can't tell you how rewarding that is to be able to build up the entrepreneurs like that while building our business. And we're kind of all in this together. So you know, the legacy is, is people. And, and I talk about it in the book and, um, you know, it's just, it's just important to me. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so what's next for you? What's next for you and for your brand? Uh, definitely a few more stores. So we're looking at some spaces here in Atlanta. Uh, Mm. we're pretty popular here in Atlanta. Uh, you know, the stylists and such love us. We're going to continue to build our partnerships with great people, find great people to work with. Um, you know, Angela and I have one store together in Detroit. So we're already talking about like New Orleans and maybe a couple other places. Uh, so probably just focus on what we have. We have a lot right now. So we're going through and kind of tweaking that 1% because mm-hmm. you'll find when you start growing your business to a certain point, there's nothing I can do today that's going to grow my business 50% from this one thing. So I have to find there's literally thousands of things within the business that I can maybe tweak 1%. So I have to find those each one, one by one, make a little better. Most of it's for customer experience and continue to make those better. So really I'm on a hunt to find those thousand 1% improvements within all the brands and everything we do Mm -hmm. so that our clients absolutely love us. Right, right. Uh, this has been so amazing. I'm so appreciative for your time, for your gems, all of the gems that you have dropped. I cannot wait to read your book. Like seriously, I'm actually planning on doing a giveaway. So I'm going to purchase a copy so I can give it away. I want to support you um, still, but I'm going to purchase a copy so I can do a giveaway because I think this is going to be really um, impactful for people. Um, but before you go, I have to ask you the friends and beauty rapid fire questions. Just five quick questions. Let's go. Let's go. Rapid fire. Yeah. So whatever comes to your mind first, just let us have it. All right. So the first one, what are the top three keys to your success so far? Uh, Hard work, resilience, and really the education side. Nice. How do you measure your success? As of today, that's changed over time. I, I can give you an example. Today, I took my amazing video guy out to lunch and we didn't know the price of the meal, the items on the menu. Mm -hmm. And it was just tacos. Like it wasn't going to be some crazy thing anyway. 
I wasn't, we talked about it, how it was funny. I was like, I wasn't concerned about what the price of the items. Like, I don't want to, I've worried about money my whole entire life, my family, my mom, uh, and a lot of that's in the book. I'm not going to give it away to not have to worry as much about financial stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that pain is, I feel like it's finally gone. Yeah. That's it's, it's nice to have that feeling. I love that. Finally, 44 years later, but yeah. You look amazing, by the way. (laughs) Yes. What's the best advice you ever received? Ooh, the best advice I ever received was take good advice. (laughs) And I don't know what good advice is, but generally you can get good advice from listening to podcasts like this, listening listening to others on podcasts, I think are great. That's why I love podcasts and I love being on your platform. Uh, Mm -hmm. So listening, taking good advice from other entrepreneurs that have done it before you. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely key. Awesome. What advice would you give to someone who's just ready to give up on entrepreneurship? Um, I would let them know that they, that everyone's been there. I've, I've had that feeling many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody I know that has reached success or even failure. They've all, we've all been there before. So you're in a group of many, you're not alone. And, um, you might want to grab my book and read it because I think it's going to help. So how about that? Awesome. Shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> What's a resource that you can share with the Friends of Beauty community that has helped you in your business? A resource is, that's helped me with a business. I would say a free resource. I like talking about free stuff because it's for a broad audience mm-hmm. is um, I think it's amazing of what you can learn on YouTube. Like YouTube University is real. Um, I, I think it's a phenomenal resource if you're looking at the watching the right videos and getting the right information for free. A lot of people put free content, either that or podcasts, either one. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's unbelievable. We didn't have this 15 years ago, right? So like, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable today, the information that's out there. So like podcasts and YouTube to, to listen to people is, it's unbelievable. Awesome. So the last one, I just want you to fill in the blank and say, my name is blank. And the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is. My name is Mikey. And the key to longevity and success is health. Mm. You have to take care of yourself because it doesn't matter how successful you are. If you're not healthy, it's not going to matter. I love that. Just that simple. I love that. I think that's the first time someone has said health. I love that. And it's so true. Thank you again so much. Before you go, please share all of your social media info where you would like people to find you, your business, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, so I, I just built this website. Like it's one of those 24 hour projects. So it's coming back from my store in Detroit and built this website. It's called uh, Hair Business Blueprint. So hairbusinessblueprint.com. I have links to a lot of the stuff that we do. Uh, so just to keep it simple, you can go there. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Moran Mikey. Uh, I put a lot of stuff on there. I don't have a huge following, which is I use inspiration for others that you don't have to have a huge following on Instagram to do really well in business. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. So I, between those two but hair business blueprints an easy place to find us awesome thank you mikey this has been yeah amazing. thank you so much yay thanks for listening to the friends in beauty podcast don't forget sharing is caring share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe rate and review on apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show plus we'd love to hear your feedback connect with us on all social media platforms at friends in beauty 
hashtag friends in beauty to join the conversation and join our friends in beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.